Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sports with Ben Grittle, and it's time for a Cougar Insider Report. Now let's get that proprietary insider scoop on Cougar Sports from Criddle. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle broadcasting live from our Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com studio. Stop living with ED. Live without it today at Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com. If you're suffering with ED, why not get it evaluated? And uh, it's free, by the way, free evaluation, free consultation, free ultrasound to see if the blood flow is what's limiting you from having spontaneity, intimacy, and uh, ultimately... Being reunited, right, with that loved one that uh, maybe you've uh, felt like uh, you, you've grown apart from. Give them a call. Set up an appointment. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Uh, if you're suffering from ED, at least give them a shot. Give them a call and see if it works for you. Pulsed Wave technology is clinically proven to open up the blood vessels. Uh, maybe it's due to a sedentary lifestyle, diet, uh, but clog vessels that uh, need some reactivation and uh, some more aperture, I guess, if you could, you know, some more openings, if you will. Contact them today, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Vanquish the Foe put out an article entitled, In Retirement, Craig Thompson Reveals Utah's Call stopped BYU and Utah State's project. Over a decade later, the curtain is peeled back how former Utah President Mike Young tipped off the Mountain West Conference Commissioner of BYU's realignment plans. We have the author of said article. He is art director on Twitter. He is a Cougar sports uh, fanatic, and uh, he's written for, I think, Loyal Cougars and other uh, platforms. He's currently aligned with Vanquish the Foe. He sells advertising and advertising accessories. His name's Greg Welts. What's up, Greg? How the heck are you? Ben, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. It's an honor. Appreciate the taking time. And, the, man, the realignment never sleeps. Yeah, is, give me, you forgot the, the most. the way the college world works. Yes, indeed. You forgot the most important, important part of our friend Greg Welch's title, What's that? by What's the way. That? What's that? Avid Des Moines Menace supporter. Ah, Greg yes. Welch. Yes, indeed. I always got to bring it back to soccer. You know me. Come on now. I had no idea, Greg. <laughs> uh, you know, This is true. It's open. It's it's almost open cup season, That's by the right. way, which is where the Des Moines menace really shine. That's right. I've told the Sean is at us. least 15 times, every time we talk about soccer, we lose listeners. <laughs> like, we lose listeners. I'm like, guys, like, I like soccer. It's not that I don't like soccer. I, I didn't play it growing up, but I don't dislike soccer. But we lose listeners. So let's, Man, let's stay on game. track here. Let's stay on track, okay. Greg. Uh, it's it's uh, it's my bad for letting Sean take over the mic there for a second. Don't All ever right. let Sean talk. 
Greg, look, look, we've been discussing this for a while on the show. Uh, ever since the news that USC and UCLA were moving to the Big Ten, we've asked the question to Cougar Nation, hey, like, what if the Pac-12 disintegrates before our very eyes? The reactive problem-solving rather than the proactive problem-solving have put them on their heels, and once again, they're on their heels. Um, it, it, it could be a little bit of the karma, right? Karma is a female canine. I say it all the time. Is karma coming about... Uh, for the the Pac-12, tell me a little bit about what your investigatory research has exposed. So, it, it, first off the top, I will say it's a little odd to be like trying to break news or talk about something that happened in 2010. It was a long time ago, yes. but I think it is relevant because uh, the, the other thing I started with is that realignment never sleeps. These colleges yeah. keep negotiating with each other. They keep talking about how to they want to be aligned. The TV networks keep dialing in different contracts and trying to be the most efficient, getting the best deal that they can for themselves. And so even it, depending on how, how old you are and how far back your fandom of college football goes, you know, do, do you as a fan remember Texas in the Southwest Conference? Or, you know, do you remember Penn State? joining the Big Ten, you know, these, there's always been this idea that it's only sort of a recent phenomena that these colleges are moving around and swapping and making these new deals, I think is, is wrong. It's just, this is something that's sort of always going on. And so that, and I think the institutions kind of remember or should remember what happened the last time, you know, the last time around. And so the more light we shine on or the more history that we know, uh, I think that's going to help whoever is making decisions yeah. today make the best decisions that they can. Because it's, it's honestly really hard to know about so much of this stuff gets done in private. I, I really hope that Tom Homo writes a book someday. Sure. Because, you know, when he's, when he's retired and he doesn't have to, you know, he maybe doesn't have to protect as many confidences as he, he needs to, or it's 20 years down the line. I, I want to know every detail that we can't talk about with these private negotiations. Uh, we saw this last summer, the way that it really worked well is when USC and UCLA kept everything 100% under wraps until it just dropped like a yeah. bombshell that the news, that, that they're moving. And what we learned you know, about BYU and Utah was that in 2010, they almost got, BYU and Utah State almost got their deal done the way they wanted. And the loose lips think shift. Somebody talked. And the, the really interesting thing was that we learned more specifics about what happened that we really always wondered about but didn't know until this year. Greg Welch, our director on Twitter, Cougar Sports Insider, representing Vanquish the Foe today. Uh, he penned a piece. Let's get into some of the minutiae here, okay, about what happened over a decade ago and, and maybe why it happened and, and, and ultimately what the repercussions were for, for all involved, especially Brigham Young University. So let me take you back. Do, do you remember the whack? Oh, uh, uh, not as well they, as you guys. They used to have a, 
As, as <laughs> not as, as not as well as you guys. You guys really remember the hey. I didn't. I didn't come into like BYU fandom until they were in the Mountain West Conference. I apologize. It's my dad's fault. He's a okay. USC fan growing up. Even though he graduated from BYU, I still give him grief for it. But yeah, like uh, I'm a Mountain West Conference guy. I've read upon, read up on the WAC, and I've watched a lot of WAC football games since then. I'm going to venture that I was probably the most recent person in this conversation at a WAC championship game <laughs> oh, oh my God. Saturday between Utah Ooh. Valley and Southern Utah. That's Thank true. you very much. All right. Um, so let's let's just remind the folks, Greg, it's that the there. WAC was it's real back in the day. Uh, it, continue, Greg. And, and, and it, we need to – so the, the way in the late – in the late 2000s, um, the WAC and the Mountain West, we're kind of in a, a death match the same way maybe the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are today, where it really kind of felt like, hey, somebody is going to, you know, take from somebody else and then the other one's going to be hurt. Um, in the same summer of 2010, Colorado announced that they were going to join the Pac-12. Nebraska announced that they were going to join the, the, the Big 10. And Boise State had really grown up in the WAC, and they left the WAC to sort of move, and they moved to the Mountain West. And so there was a lot of shuffling going on. Um, eventually, uh, Utah was invited another week later to join the Pac-10. A huge announcement for them, life-changing, uh, you know, life-changing and uh, program-changing. BYU had already been in negotiations with ESPN trying to figure out their independent plan as all of that was happening. Um, and what up in, in, as a few months evolved and the as the email, people have done public searches and had the emails of the WAC presidents that they were negotiating with BYU, BYU is negotiating with ESPN. They got into August and this deal was set up where it looked like instead of BYU going independent and joining the West Coast Conference like they eventually did, the first version of the plan was that BYU was going to put all of the sports except football back into the Western Athletic Conference. And Utah State was still there. Fresno State was still there. Nevada was still there. Um, and BYU was going to have the kind of relationship that Notre Dame has with the ACC today where they would schedule four or five games for football, but not be a full member. Uh, they were going to play in the WAC's bowl game. And the WAC already had a deal with ESPN, and they were going to triple their revenue because what BYU was going to get on the side from their independent deal. So it really looked like the, the WAC was well-positioned to even – the, and where the, president, the, where the WAC presidents kind of got greedy was that they were – in thinking of inviting San Diego State, UNLV, Gonzaga, they were going to pull several Mountain West teams in and kind of leave Wyoming, Colorado State, Air Force really in the lurch. Uh, what we learned this year was that Craig Thompson, the, not the only commissioner of the Mountain West from 1999 up until this, the end of this last season, um, he, somebody told him about this plan that BYU and Utah State and ESPN had cooked up. And in a, we always knew that there was some shift that happened, a huge panic where Craig Thompson jumps on a plane and flies to Philadelphia and talks to Comcast, and then they hold an emergency press conference, and they automatically invite Nevada and Fresno State, 
and they get them to join, they waive entry fees, they have this hurried press conference. It was a total either eat or be eaten kind of move. What would cause Craig Thompson to make that kind of panic move yep. and reshuffle these conferences? The catalyst. That, that's the yeah. What what yeah? How what what shifted? What was the big yeah. thing that made him panic and say, "I have to save my conference"? I mean, it, it, it's almost like today if the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 had found out, you know, a week before USC and UCLA were leaving. Could they have done anything? Would they have done anything? Craig Thompson, in, after he retired, Craig Thompson gave a long and winding interview about his whole career to a, a writer named Chris Mavini, who writes for The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and as just a throwaway line in that whole interview, he says that it was the University of Utah's president, Mike Young, who called him and gave him the heads up that said, hey, BYU is talking to the WAC, they're talking to ESPN, they might be pulling some schools from your conference. We always knew that something happened, but to learn this year that it was the University of Utah's Mike Young who did that, really shifts the way I view that history and what happened. Uh, it, it was, it was uh, you know, it, anyway, I, I found that really interesting, intriguing. It's, you know, it's easy to sort of say that something happened. It's not as easy to say why he did that. Uh, but that's, that's what we, that, that's the reason that the article is up today, is that we've got, you know, the, only recently have we learned that, hey, this was, this was, um, this was Mike Young, who was good friends with Craig Thompson, good friends with Cecil Samuelson, the BYU president at the time. But that was kind of, you know, it's 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 all you know, those ESPN kind of thirty for thirty documentaries. It really strikes me as one of those like, Criddle, what if I told you that BYU's rival uh, made a phone call that blew up their you know million of million dollar realignment plan? Yeah. Well, yeah, January sixth, right? 2023, the keen minds and eyes of BYU fans. That's why I love Cougar Nation, because they are always on the prowl for more information. And they found it, right? This quote from Chris Fanini of The Athletic. Uh, Mike Young got wind of the planet and formed Thompson. There is eternal enmity now, probably, between... It's always been there, BYU and Utah. But if it wasn't already cemented like forged in freaking unbreakable like steel or what's the uh what's the the adamantium the, yeah whatever the, the the whatever the the metal is of the avengers like that one um like it, it is it is there it, it, and it is forever it is eternally uh this enmity uh it's ingrained in all of us now Versus Craig Thompson. Craig Thompson. Here Thompson is is the arch nemesis of Brigham, as is the University of Utah and Mike Young. Yeah, and you know, I I, I was able to reach out and, and speak with Mike Young today. Uh, he was he was friendly. Um, you know, I was I was able to ask him about this. This is a long time ago. I don't fault him for not being able to. You know, I, you know, I don't. Somebody called me out of the blue and said, hey, do you remember this conversation from 13 years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was a big deal. And, uh, you know, the, he, you know he, he says that the Utah State president, the BYU president, hey, we were all friends. We were in the Mountain West together. 
you know, the, he had some love for the Mountain West. He wanted to mm. help his friend Craig Thompson, but they were also on their way out. Like, this yeah. is two months after Utah had their invite. Utah's, you know, making new budgets, cashing new checks. Yeah. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a good look. So Max Hall was right after all, is what you're saying, Greg. <laughs> I, 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 my, we, had a, we had a cat <laughs> named for nine years. And our cat's name was Maxwell because the two, my two heroes were Max Hall and Neil A. Maxwell. <laughs> That's good. So, and, and I think you can't find two people that are really more alike, I think, than <laughs> Max Hall and. And 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 and, uh, and Maxwell. So that's why we, you know, that's that's why uh, that's why we, we we had him in our. So. Oh man! I, I might get struck by lightning in my eyes, <laughs> but Elder Neil A. Max Hall is my favorite general authority. To be fair, so. <laughs> I, I asked Cougar Nation right just in a poll of the day if the Pac-12 does disintegrate before our eyes, and and the University of Utah is available for as an addition. To create additive value, possibly to the Big Twelve. I don't know if they do uh, from a monetary standpoint. Uh, maybe from a competitive standpoint, no doubt, but not from a monetary standpoint. At least from what I've heard. Would you want Utah to be added to the Big Twelve? And it, it's kind of oh. interesting. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because there are about like thirty thirty percent or so that that want Utah added, and it's because they they want to help their brother, and they, they do value that rivalry year in and year out, which would probably happen. I, I'm glad. I'm, I'm very glad that I'm not going to have to make that call. I don't have the vote. I'm not going to be asked. Um, I, I do. I personally really love rivalry. I love to watch Duke and Carolina. I love the Texas and Texas A&M are getting back together. You know, I, I, I tune in and I watch BYU and Utah, and I care about those games. And I think, you know, the, so if you get to the moment, if they're in, like, okay, then we're in, and we're going to be in together, and we're going to p- compete all the time, and it'll be fun. And the moment until they're in, I think I'm going to have questions about, is this the right thing to do? If, if you think of the 10 current Pac-12 members as candidates, I would even throw San Diego State as an 11th candidate for the Big 12 right now. I think from the recruiting angle, the only other available FBS school in Southern California, you know, if you hypothetically, if you took an Oregon, a San Diego State, and the two Arizonas, that's a, you know, there's, there's 50 different moves that people have talked about. I think that's interesting. Um, but if you look at those 11 candidates, the candidate with the smallest television market is Utah, and they're not even bringing 100% of that market because BYU is already in the Big 12. Now, they have a lot of other advantages. Utah obviously has had great success the last few years. They've been in the Pac-12 championship game, uh, I think, three times in a row. They've gone to the Rose Bowl certainly the last two years. They've raised their profile. They're ranked highly. They, They recruit well. They're doing very well. But I think that the in Expansion questions, these issues of market size, of um, you know long term, uh, long term prospects really do weigh heavily. And uh, you know, I, I I would I love the rivalry if it's there. I think there's a lot of options on the table, and depending on what Oregon and Washington and Arizona and Arizona State, what what are their presidents thinking? What are they willing? 
to to do. I, 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 you know, for, I don't think it's a very good look to have the regent president of California openly say that they wish Cal was in the Big Ten and they pressured the Big Ten to let them in. You know, if you're Arizona, you're Arizona State, I, I don't think you feel great about you know, saying, oh, we, yeah, we'd love to sign this deal with Cal, who is publicly begging to get out of this conference. It's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. Uh, it was tough in the Mountain West when you had Utah and BYU begging to get out because of the, the lousy TV deal that they had. You know, it's just it's an uncomfortable business situation when you're trying to make uh, a deal work and people are unhappy. Uh, I think that's a real advantage of the Big 12 right now is that the people, the schools left in the Big 12, uh, I think, feel really united uh, in their in their cause. That they are, uh, you know, culturally a group of college towns, schools that fill their stadiums that are dedicated to athletics. They're not a conference that's sort of pretending that this is all about academics and we're going to be a research consortium. And you know, no, we're 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 football fans and basketball fans. And we're in towns that are that where schools kind of dominate the, the culture. You know, if you go to Lawrence, if you go to Stillwater, if you go to Ames, yeah. these are places that the colleges matter. And that's that's a you know it, that's and honestly, Oregon would never admit to it. Oregon's a pretty good Big Twelve kind of school. They are a, Eugene is a college town. Uh, they are a football and basketball mad community. They, they have fans that fill their stadium. They, you know, they're not, they, they've been friends with Stanford for a long time, but I got to tell you, the University of Oregon is not Stanford. And for them to sort of stop pretending that, yeah, we're, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're just like Cal and Stanford, might be good for Oregon. Uh, just stick to sports. They're good at it. They'd love it. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I know, I'm sure that Oregon would much rather be in the Big Ten, and so would, you know, half of the Pac 12 right now. So we'll have to see what happens. I follow that stuff. More than I should. I love it. It's, every little nugget is interesting to me. And uh, I'm really curious to see if the Pac-12, Pac-12 can sign a TV deal and yeah. stick together. Or if they don't, Like, what kind of options can those schools cook up for themselves? Give me your idyllic situation then, Greg. Give me, give me your breakdown of what your ideal situation would look like for BYU in the Big 12. I really think, ideally, I think BYU could really use a Western wing, uh, you know, that, that four of those Pac-12 schools decide that they want to join a more stable, long-term uh, environment. You know, I, I saw uh, a quote from Bob Huggins. He's the West Virginia basketball coach. And he was talking about, you know, that teams in the Big 12 complain about traveling to Morgantown, West Virginia. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. They have to travel. You know, if West Virginia has to travel back to Texas, you know, for half of their game, it's a long way. BYU has, has done the right thing by joining the Big 12, but it's a long way for them to go. I, I would... I. I would love to see the Arizonas in the Big 12. I think they. I think that uh, you know, the University of Arizona with basketball would just be thrilled to have. Would fit in so well to say you know, their top-ranked basketball team is going to fit in with the best basketball team in the conference. Arizona State is a great rival with them. They've underperformed, I think, for a long time. Uh, but they're uh, you know so. But they would be an interesting pair. Um, I think then. If you're looking for four, I would really love to see either Oregon and Washington come as a pair or Oregon and San Diego State come as a pair. And I, I think that Oregon Oregon is, I mean, if you look at the Oregon roster, it is 20 or 30% California kids. They, 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 are, they depend, I think, more than any other school in the Pac-12. They really depend on being able to go to California and pull a large chunk of recruits out of there. And so if you can envision, you know, that kind of southwestern wing of, uh, that would cut down on the travel for BYU, there'd be some really interesting historic rivalries. There'd be some really interesting growth potential kind of, you know, that you have the, the uh, Big Ten with USC and US, UCLA and Los Angeles. And then basically the rest of the West you could cover with, uh, with that kind of Western wing of the Big 12. Now, whether that's Washington, Colorado, Utah, Stanford, I think those are all interesting. And you know, Stanford's, Stanford's more interesting to me than Cal because they're a private school, and I think that that would, that would work a little bit better. But Stanford, Stanford's in a, a market with 4 million homes. You know, if you're, if you're selling a TV contract, I think you're, in a hard, you're hard-pressed to pass on Northern California if that's an option. And that's the real wrinkle, is that in conference realignment, it is the schools that have to call the conferences to apply. Yeah. There's some back-channel things that have to happen. But, you know, the, if you, they, they have to decide, hey, we would be better off in this other conference and we are applying to join you, rather than, you know, the Big 12 cold calling and saying, hey, why don't you come interview with us? And I, I, you know, and today's statement, I mean, the, the, the Pac-12 put out a statement a couple hours ago about how, you know, they're, they're going to consummate a TV deal soon and they're dedicated to sticking together, which is, it feels a little bit like an athletic director getting up at a press conference and giving their, their head coach the, a vote of confidence, you know, as the season is going down the tank, it, it just doesn't. Doesn't uh, the re- the public reaction to that seems like man? There's thing. Are people looking at their options? How long do they look at their options? And you know, if it's Arizona, if it's Oregon, if somebody makes that call, what are the next steps? I'm excited to see it. As am I, art director Greg Welch, vanquish the foe. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. He is a Cougar fanatic, a BYU insider as well, giving you content. 
that your mind, body, and soul need. Thanks for staying loyal, strong, and true, Greg. And uh, you, you were right. Max Twell, Max Hall was right. And I love that you love Max Hall and you've named uh, a cat after <laughs> after Maximus. Uh, Greg, I salute you. I appreciate you, bro. Let's do it again soon, man. Keep writing. We'll keep reading. Excellent, Ben. Hey, anytime. Thank you. There you go, Greg Welch. We're going to break. Crute and the Cougars coming up next. A big get for the Cougs. PWO uh, that uh, deserves a scholarship. He's going to be a scholarship player by the time his career is done at Brigham. Uh, six foot six, two hundred like what thirty pound uh, tight end, power forward. You name it. He's a multi sport athlete. Maverick McManus is going to join us next. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN nine sixty. Sports with Ben Crittle, and it's time for Crutin' the Cougars, an inside look at the latest news on the recruiting trail surrounding Cougar athletics. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Crittle, broadcasting live from our Wasatch Medical Clinic, WasatchMedicalClinic.com studios. Sean Walker by my side, KSL.com. Gavin Lee on the social. We got Ronald Weaver the third behind the glass. It is time for Recruiting the Cougar segment. Going to be brought to you by Fat Daddy's, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, FatDaddy'sPizzeria.com. Try out their New York City-style pizza. You will not regret it. These are delicious pies, massive pies, 24-inch pies that uh, will satiate that hunger. Uh, they got eight free garlic knots when you mentioned ESPN 960, uh, and that's fantastic. It's a great deal going on. And then also, they got gelato at their Provo and New Orem location. Stop by, eat a delicious pie, and mention ESPN 960. All right, let's get out to the hotline and welcome in one of my favorite commits in this class. You know, walk-ons have a special place in my heart having been a walk-on myself. And this guy has talent. He's a multi-sport athlete. He's got the size I misquoted. He's 6'6", 250, not 6'6", 230. Runs like a gazelle. He's a fantastic basketball player. Let's welcome in uh, that 6'6", 250-pounder out of Westlake High School. We got Maverick McManus on the line. What's up, Mav? Hey, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, congratulations on the commitment. Uh, February 1st was a great day, I'm sure, for the McManus family. How does it feel to be a Cougar? It, it feels good. You know, we've been Cougar fans for a while, and, you know, just being able to sign there, you know, it's kind of like a dream come true, you know? Hey, well, I know Cougar Nation is getting to know you a little bit better, and they're excited to get to know you a little bit better. They look at the size, they look at multi-sport athlete, they look at the productivity, and they're like, tell me more about Maverick McManus. So when it came down to it, uh, why did you choose BYU? What were some of the specifics that went into choosing to be a part of Cougar Nation? So, I mean, I'll be serving a two-year mission before I come back and play for the Y, and kind of having a school that has the same beliefs as you is something you want to be a part of and i mean i think the main thing over like with that would be the coaches you know just getting to know coach hill and just how all the players have been talking about him you know they love him and they love coach kalani and just how he treats the players and they're just saying how kalani just do anything for those guys and that's the guy you want to play for you had a few other offers, and we're receiving uh, interest from other schools. Uh, what were some of the schools that were, were reaching out to you and engaging where you were at in your recruitment? So, uh, Washington State, Colorado State, Utah State, Utah Tech, SUU, um, New Mexico State, Hawaii, and those are just the ones I can name off the top of my head. Break down... What you've done as an athlete 
in your career. I don't know how many sports you played growing up. Give us a little timeline of your athletic career, maybe as a kid and into your, your teens and young adulthood. Okay, so, I mean, I've always played basketball and football growing up, Little League with all my buddies, you know, just having a bunch of fun. Then when high school started, uh, I played varsity as a freshman for basketball for four years. And then now for football, my sophomore year, I was actually a, the JV quarterback for Westlake High School. Nice. And so then I got a few receiver reps my sophomore year uh, in varsity. Then my junior year, so my sophomore year, we lost in the state championship in basketball. So then my junior year, I kind of, I just wanted to just focus on basketball because all I had on my mind was just win the state championship because I was going to play a key role in that season. And so, I mean, I kind of just decided to take the year off and who knows where we'd been if I didn't. But, you know, that's just the decision I went with. And then I came back and just missed it too much and just played my senior year and had a bunch of fun with my guys. And what position did you play in football this last season? I was a defensive end and tight end. And, yeah, what was your productivity like? How did you play this last season? You know, I feel like I played really good. Mid-season, we were kind of getting gashed in the middle, so I got bounced into defensive tackle. And that's kind of what, when I'm talking to BYU, they want they want me to develop as a DN and then see how I go with the mill plan and see how much size I can put on. Maybe bump me down to be an interior guy. And, you know, I'm fine with that. And I like playing inside, going against the guard and center every now and then. I just feel like I'm a little bit faster than those guys, so I'm able to get yeah. past them easier. But, I mean, mm-hmm. DN's always fun. So, I mean, I'm just willing to do whatever Coach Hill wants me at or wherever. Senior year, it looks like you had 34 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, five sacks, two forced fumbles, and a two-yard touchdown reception as well. Uh, you played for the yep. basketball team. Uh, reportedly, you're, you're running a 4-8-140. You got a 38-inch vertical, which is ridiculous, and it looks like you've been hitting the strength and conditioning room a little bit. I mean, you're at 250. You got to be pushing some weight. Have you always lifted? In the weight room, or is this uh, more recent that you've been putting up more weight in the strength and conditioning room? No, yeah. So me and my friend really got into weightlifting my sophomore year. And just ever since then, it, it's just been downhill. So, I mean, I've been going pretty consistent for three years straight, and that's just got me where I am today. Well, it's working off. It's paying off right now. We got Maverick McMahon is here on the show here on ESPN 960. He's a commit to the BYU Cougars 2023 class. He's uh, taking a PWO, passing up on other offers to take his talents to Provo. Sounds like Jay Hill wants you at defensive end, maybe defensive tackle. Why do you like uh, – I mean, I don't know how you are on the basketball court necessarily. I mean, I've watched a few little highlights here. Uh, would you say basketball, you're more of a defensive or offensive guy? Because right now, I mean, it sounds like your track is on the defensive side rather than being becoming a tight end. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, playing at BYU, I'm, I'll definitely just play in the end. I mean, tight end was just something they kind of threw me in at. Just, just get a little bigger body out there, go catch some balls, I mean. Yeah, so Jay Hill wants me at a defensive end at BYU. And then on basketball, what would you say your skill set is like for those that haven't been able to watch it? You know, I love playing physical, and I love locking guys up down low. Um, 
also I can score the ball pretty well, and I love just rebounding balls too. Any chance you try to play two sports? Maybe try to walk onto the basketball team as well. <laughs> I, I wish, man. I mean, I I, I think I'm just going to stick with one now, though. Learn the lesson. Maybe spread yourself a little too thin, right? Is that the is that the lesson learned? Yeah, yeah. Maverick, I do love multi-sport athletes, especially in high school. Kids that just grow up playing a whole bunch of sports uh, like you have and, and didn't necessarily like specialize in one. What do you – I mean, even even having to give up basketball to kind of excel at football and to go play Division One football, what do you feel like basketball has sort of taught you, uh, if that makes sense, that's made you a better football player? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely helped me a lot with footwork. I mean, I think that's the number one thing because being a postman, you got to have pretty good footwork. And then in football, you know, uh, just learning the moves and stuff kind of came relatively easy to me. And then also, I mean, I came out from football to basketball season, and I'm not going to lie, I was pretty out of shape for being in basketball condition. So it keeps you in shape really good. And I'd say the footwork's the number one thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Maverick, you rep the number 11. Why the number 11? Well, I mean, I, I kind of always wanted to be number two. But, you know, my dad didn't let that happen. He's always been number 11. And so that's just why I had to go with it. Love it. So, you, wait, so you inherited number 11? Like uh, passed down yes, from sir. father to son? Yeah. Well, what, was the, what was the ceremony like? Like there had to be like a cool ceremony where your dad like gave you his number or something. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, what, what sports did your dad grow up playing? Uh, my dad was a caveman at American Fork, and he played quarterback. Nice, nice. So he he. It sounds like you, you know you were supposed to be a quarterback, and then all of a sudden you were hitting people too hard, and so you moved to the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching your film again, and not all basketball players like contact, Matt. Like I mean, I've known a lot of hoopers, right? They look they look like Tarzan. They don't play like Tarzan. You look big, strong, fast. Most basketball players do not play football the way that you play it violently. Where do you get that from? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I've always been aggressive, you know, just super competitive, and I just always want to be the guy who makes that play, you know? Mm. Yeah, you got a good motor as well. What um, What did you learn about your ability to play football this last year? Going against some – I mean, you got a tough region. I mean, that – it's a, it's a tough region. A lot of good football teams you played this season. What did you learn about your skill set, your you, you know maybe even your football outlook as you look into the future, going up against some of the best teams in the state? I definitely think fundamentals are number one thing you got to keep in mind, and you know you're you're never too good to work on fundamentals. Like, coach, uh, we have a coach named Coach Beely at Westlake. He's now at Provo, but, I mean, he always has us just never forget the fundamentals, and he always just tells us you get in what uh, you get out what you put in, and that, that just stuck with me. And just keep on working on the fundamentals, and everything else will come. Maverick McManus here on ESPN 960. Ma- Maverick, how, uh, how do the coaches go about kind of selling you, I guess, on taking a preferred walk-on over – 
I mean, somebody like you offers several scholarship offers and partial scholarships at the SCFs level and that kind of thing. Like, how do they sort of sell you to come to BYU, join the program as a PWO? And I'm sure it's probably got to help that you've seen guys like like Tyler Algier, guys like even if you want to go back to like Dennis Peta or Chad Lewis before that, who have earned a scholarship before. Like, that's probably got to help some. But like, what's kind of that selling process like? I guess a little bit to to convince you, for lack of no, a better yeah, word, so, to take a PWO. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Tyler Algier's story is crazy, man. Hearing that. And, you know, the Coach Hill and Kalani, it just, it feels like a place you could call home. And it's a place you want to be, just with culture and all the players there. And it, and I mean, and going to the, uh, going to the new conference is just a huge step up. And, it just attracts a lot of players, and you know, I mean, we've I've always loved BYU, and it, it's just really hard to pass up when the opportunity showed itself. Maverick, what's your plans for the rest of uh, this this winter? When do you enter the the mission field? Give us an update on that. Well, as soon as basketball season finishes, I mean, I almost got my papers in, so I should be leaving the month right after high school, and uh, right after basketball ends, I'm going to try to. Go get some runs in. So I love snowboard basketball season. And so, I mean, that's where we're going to go from here. I like it, man. Why, why did you Why did you end up um, choosing to serve a mission? Right? What, what, what made you, what influenced you to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Yeah, I'm, I have a friend group. Just all my neighbors were really good friends. And most of them are a year older than me. One, two years and. All of them are out on missions right now, you know. So those are just all my buddies, my guys. And it's just been such a good example of, like, what they've been messaging me about on the mission. And it just seems like such a good experience and, you know, just what you're supposed to do. And so that's what I wanted to do. The six foot six, 250-pound uh, multi-sport monster Maverick McManus on the line. Cougar Sports ESPN 960. On your recruiting trip, Mav, did you get to know some of the – current players did you get to know some of the players that you you signed with and if so who were they yeah so kevin doe uh me and him played au basketball all summer last year so i was going on a ton of trips with him and so it was really nice seeing him there and then we talked for a while and i hung out with him for most of the time awesome man it's important to to surround yourself with greatness and uh, great people and so I know you're looking forward to that. Maverick McManus, you're on ESPN 960. Mav, uh, as far as, you know, your relationship with Jay Hill, you mentioned him a few times. What stood out about Jay Hill and your interactions with him? Why did you want to sign up to play for him and Kalani Satake? Um, so we we went to dinner and just the, uh, I mean, just the way he's holding himself and always talking just, I'm just like, I just like to hear everything he says, you know, and he's really smart. And question you have, and besides football, I mean, he's just really fun to talk to, like not just football. I mean, we're just talking about places he's been and gone, experiences he's had. He's just fun to talk to and a guy you want to go play for. Maverick McManus, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're following him on Twitter. Make sure you follow him on all of his platforms, staying up to date on his comings and goings. He's going to be serving a mission uh, at the end of school, um, he's going to be playing some hoop. How's the how's the basketball season going for you right now? What's your guys' record and how are you guys performing? 
Um, so I mean, uh, we had a we suffered a tough tough loss versus Pleasant Grove Friday night. They got one from us. We're seventh in the state right now, and we yeah. got two more games this week, and we should set ourselves up in a pretty good position to make a good run at this thing. Okay, well, we'll be watching. When, where can we find you? When's uh, what's the schedule look like here in the next week or so? With uh, if BYU fans want to come out and get eyes on you. So we got a game on Tuesday at Westlake High School at 7:30 versus West. Uh, my bad, versus American Fork. And this Friday we play Lone Peak again at Westlake at 7:30. Two big games right yeah. there, and that's senior night right there, Friday night. Yep. Yeah. So go out, go out and support Lone Peak Westlake at Westlake this Friday at 7 p.m. Ma- Mav, get someone to Mav. Mav, get someone to put some uh, some video. Get your pops to to send me some video from the uh, the next two games, man. I'd like to post it on social media so BYU fans can check it out. All right, we'll do. All right, man, play hard, get some dubs, come home with a championship by the end of the basketball season. We're looking forward to it, Mav. Congratulations. Thanks for hopping on today. Yes, sir. That's the plan. All right, Maverick McManus, the the multi-sport monster, baby. He's a beast. He's a beast. He likes football, right. bro. I just watched this film again, just kind of refamiliarize myself. Like this, this kid likes contact. I, I remember we've had a uh, a number of different former BYU football players sure. um, on the show, and we all agree that basketball players stereotypically do not like contact. They're big, they're strong, yeah. they're fast, but they just don't like anywhere you get near their face. You run into them, you know, they're kind of like LeBron. They just fall down, you know what I mean? Uh, they're looking for fouls always, looking for fouls, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a bit of a flopping syndrome, like your your favorite sports soccer. That's right. And which I hate. That's right. Uh, because of the flopping that occurs there. But Maverick likes to hit. Loves to hit. Likes to engage in physical contact. Yep. And destroy human beings. No, oh, and he's a, and he's a physical kid too. Like he way. brings that physicality to the basketball court, which is great. Which means he's not he's not afraid to he's not going to avoid yeah, physicality. Yeah. Sure. On either end, whether it's basketball or more importantly, maybe on the football field. Big fan. This is a good yeah. get. Yeah. This is a really good. So anyway, uh, a couple other news and notes as it relates to BYU football. Appreciate uh, Maverick hopping up for recruiting the Cougars. This is what's cooking with the Cougars. BYU football, Cougars, and the pros. Andy Reid's accolades after winning the Super Bowl. Uh, 247 wins, fifth most all-time. 22 playoff wins, second most all-time. Ten conference title games, four Super Bowl appearances, and two Super Bowl wins. I think he's moving himself into uh, conversation top seven probably all-time in NFL head coaching history. Matt Bushman and Zane Train Anderson are also Super Bowl champs. Uh, Matt has been on IR, and Zane Train's been on the practice squad, and he's been called up to the 53-man roster a few times this season playing special teams, I believe. Yeah, and shout-out as well to uh, Andy Reid's left-hand man. He likes to call himself Porter Ellett. Another yeah, Porter, BYU baby. Grad. Yes. Yeah, he's now working offensive quality control with the Chiefs, just yes. won his second Super Bowl ring as well with, uh, with Andy and the Chiefs. Yeah, congrats to all the Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs family. Hashtag go Badgers. How about them Chiefs? All right. Uh, BYU men's basketball led for over 13 minutes, including a game-high six-point edge before uh, foul trouble and an absence of second-half three-pointers undid the Cougars. Upset uh, uh, upset bid in an 88-81 loss to the number 16 Gonzaga at the kennel on Saturday night. Spencer Johnson, Foose Troyer, led BYU with 17 points apiece. Troyer shot 7 of 10 for the field and 3 of 3 from the free throw line, while Johnson added a career-high 7 assists. Noah Waterman, Rudy Williams came off the bench to provide valuable minutes. Waterman scored 12 points, and Williams added 11. Jackson Robson posted 10 points as well to give the Cougars a balanced 
five in double figures. Uh, the seesaw battle of West Coast Conference rivals included seven ties and four lead changes before the Zags again rode a Julian Strother three-pointer to pull away from BYU in the closing seconds. BYU returns home on February 16th for its penultimate regular season game uh, in a matchup with Santa Clara. Watch the Cougars and the Broncos live at 7 p.m. Mountain Time on the CBS Sports Network or listen to BYU Sirius Radio. I'm hoping that Vegas does BYU's body good. That's what I'm hoping. Like, how they play at home is how they'll play in Vegas rather than on the road. They've had a tough time winning on the road. Maybe a neutral site will will bear better fruit, fruits. Uh, BYU women's softball. Chloe Temple's dealt five scoreless innings as a six-run third-inning field BYU softball to a 10-to-1 win over North Dakota State at Nancy Almarez Field on Saturday afternoon. Temple's went to the, went the distance in the Cougars' uh, run run rule victory over the Bison. The senior gave up one run on four hits while retiring the side in order in three of the five innings. Uh, congratulations. Women's basketball, BYU's women's basketball, uh, behind a season-high 21 assists, the BYU women's basketball team beat LMU 67-42 on Saturday afternoon. BYU out-rebounded LMU 42-33 and capitalized on 13 opponent turnovers for 19 points. The Cougars also notched 21 second-chance points and tallied a season-high 21 assists on 27 made baskets. BYU also had a season-low eight turnovers with 21 points and 16 rebounds against LMU. Lauren Gustin now has 409 total points and 411 total rebounds. This season, crazy, becoming the first player across all divisions of NCAA basketball, men or women, to notch the 400 and 400 mark this season. Gustin is just the third BYU uh, women's player to have 400 and 400 in a season, behind Tina Gunn, Robeson, and Jennifer Hampson. Up next, BYU travels to California to compete against Santa Clara in the Levy Center on, is it the Levy? It's Levy. Levy Center on Thursday, February 16th at 6 p.m., the uh, Mountain Time, or sorry, Pacific Time. The game will be streamed on the West Coast Conference Network. Gymnastics, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, the BYU Women's Gymnastics team posted a one nine six one five zero in a loss to number 22 SUU over the weekend behind several new career and season highs. Um, that included a uh, the highest floor score of the year at 49.350. As a team, um, the Cougars started the night on vault, recording Sophie, sophomore Sophie Dudley's strong vault performance of a career high nine eight five zero, followed by a career high nine eight two five from Madison Riley Patton. The Cougars are next up at Boise State this Friday, February seventeenth, at seven p.m. Mountain Time at Extra Mile Arena in the Treasure Valley. Men's and women's track and field, number 21 men's track and field's success ranged from Texas to Boston Saturday in the 4 by 400 meter. They broke a school record for the first time in eight years, while three Cougars posted new top 10 marks to go along with 11 PRs. Congratulations to everyone who participated. Uh, Men's volleyball, Number 10, BYU men's volleyball defeated number 14, UC Santa Barbara, 3-1, to one, three sets to one at the Smith Fieldhouse for the second consecutive night. Romanis led the way for the Cougars, who are 8-2 on the season, as he registered 19 kills on a .486 hitting percentage, his highest of the season. The sophomore also recorded two service aces, two blocks, and five digs on the night. Trent Moser was one kill short of matching his career high as he recorded 15 kills in the 3-1 to one win. The freshman hit 
333 while also adding four digs and a block for BYU. BYU next travels to California for two matches at UCLA on Friday and Saturday. Cougars' eighth win of the season matches their win total from all of last year. Really, really nice bounce back job for head coach Sean Olmstead and his team, who I don't want to give away too much, Mm -hmm. but I may or may not have moved them up on my media poll ballot that will come out tomorrow on offtheblockblog.com. It may or may not rhyme with Schmevin. There it is. Um, Women's tennis. BYU women's tennis defeated Utah State 7-0 at home on Saturday. The Cougars swept the singles matches and only lost one doubles match during the afternoon competition. Men's tennis. BYU men's tennis lost on the road at Utah State Saturday, dropping a 5-2 contest. The Cougars got singles wins from Dominic. uh, Oh, goodness gracious. Jakov. Legic. Oh, my gosh. Red Owen. Uh, someone give me a spell check on that one. Uh, the Aggies won the doubles points in two matches and won the top four singles matches as well. Ben That's Cradle's the news a little bit with those Eastern European name, I, tennis names. I, I, I yeah. can do Polynesian names. The Eastern Europeans are a little bit Latino tougher. Latino names, just fine. Latino names, Brazilian I can do that. Brazilian names, fine. Yes, indeed. That's so those, our... That's, our, names, that's yeah. the news and notes of the day, always brought to you by our good friends at Fat Daddy's, FatDaddy'sPizzeria.com. Any other uh, comments, guys? Any other news and notes? Anything that we need to get to? Shout out to Fat Daddy's Pizzeria. Make sure to get the garlic knots by mentioning ESPN yes. 960. They'll still hook you up, I think. Maybe I'm writing them into the corner by telling by saying that, but we'll make them hook you guys up. Let's do it. Uh, shout out to John Beck. Joining shout out, us. Yeah, yes. Super Bowl. John Beck, Kyle Collinsworth, Greg Welch, Maverick McManus. What a show. What a fantastic uh, group, uh, star set of cast. Gavin Lee, any thoughts? Um, Cam Meller has Keaton Slovis ranked as his eighth best Big 12 quarterback heading into the season. Eighth best, huh? That's BS, Cam. He's better than that. Anyway, uh, Ronald Weaver the third. The show to argue that one. Ronald Weaver the third. What do you got for us? Yes, BYU men's rugby swept uh, their Arizona road trip over the weekend. They're starting off two and zero. Taysen Hammer is already on the All American watch list. Taysen has scored six tries um, already on the season. He scored four in the game against. Um, GCU and then two against Arizona so he is the captain of the team right now I'll get caught up with Taysen later this week and get some news and notes from you but good start for BYU men's rugby Our, already outscoring their opponents um, 102 to 30. There it is that's our show we're sticking to it make sure you download the podcast iTunes Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, support our sponsors can't do our show without our sponsors from all of us here at ESPN 960 we wish you a very good night have a wonderful and safe night with your friends and family members you've been listening to Cougar Sports on ESPN 960